eons are coming. Hide your children. P.S. doesn't want to take her clothes off in front of us. I'm Lady T and scathed is not a word. Jay, stop breathing! Of the peons, who wants to be me? This is so sad. I feel like I'm the guy who no one wants. Don't make me assign someone to be me. I'll be, I'll be Ryan. I've been, like, snorting Vicks all day. Did you know you're not supposed to put this stuff in your nostrils? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that all week! Am I gonna die? And welcome back to Horrific Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Lady G. I'm Meg. And I'm Jen's mom. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. In this episode, we feature typically Pufuanian on-topic discussion. We would never ever say Snape scathed. We would say Snape said scathingly. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I love <Really>? Snape. <laughs> I love him oh. and he's good and we're going to find out he's good and... and there Jen. is gold at the end of the rainbow, darn it! There's no way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fans of to have wank. I think I I forgot to put my car in park. Boys I and do. girls, there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. Oh my god! Yeah, but there's also a thing called vitrificus totalis. So the mouse is shivering today. in the toilet, and Ryan's like, "Well, I have to kill it." And I was like, "You can't kill it now. It has a will to live." There, there's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch. Not while on the toilet. I don't know what that noise was that came out of Gambin's mouth, but like, I think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile. I'm feeling pretty groovy. I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys, but you guys are the most dysfunctional of the people. <laughs> no, they're not! And now, Potterfic Weekly. Weekly. I'm Ryan. This is Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Meg, defending Ron, one podcast at a time. Wow. I'm Robert <laughs> from Spellcast. I'm Julia. Mazel tov, everyone. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Starting the second season of Parfic Weekly, I have to feel like we put so much effort into being dorks right there that we should just stop for a moment and recognize it. I really do. Like, that was, we're like the kids who spend all day planning to build the snow fort that looks like a duck. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. What you at home don't know is we that we've actually that been on the hour and a half because we're sitting here going, okay, Tina will be Ryan and Mike will be Jen. But then at the end of it, there's one person left over and we can't figure out why because Jen isn't here. And it took me so long to figure that out. It was terrible. I, w- I love if we would have went with that, it would have been like at the end, we were waiting for Jen to go and like Jen never went. And I got angry with her. Like that sounds like something that would happen. Oh god, that Jen- is so true. And then she'd be like, "I'm sorry, my Chinese food was everywhere." And we'd be like, "All right." 
<laughs> you have to love the relationship between Lady Chi and Jen. I was listening to to an episode that just came out the other day, and she is like, no, Jen was, oh, what was the, I forget what was said, but no, I'm sorry. We were talking about episode 8.5, and Jen was like, Chi, did you know this, how terrible you sounded in that episode? And there was a moment of silence. I had mono, dear. <laughs> it was just like anger, and that was the source of all of Lady Chi's anger. I have no idea. All right, if you're listening to this, you have arrived at the second season of Public <laughs> Weekly. God that, help you. God help you, because the fact is we're here because we have survived. I swear to God, yes. Meg and Jen will be back. They two did survive. They just well, Jen is not here right now, and I'm gonna let Jen explain to you why she's not here next week. All I can tell you is this: it involves pirates. Is that fair, everybody who knows? It involves pirates? Yes. Pirates are good. Pirates are good? Okay. Jenna's not here for reasons of piracy. What else do we have going on right now? Um, Second season, Pirific Weekly, we have decided that the first season drained us emotionally and physically. We haven't slept in weeks. We are exhausted. We are tired. So we realized for the second season, we had to do four times the work in one-third the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, so this, you know why? Because we're masochists. We are. Well, you guys are masochists, and I'm just incredibly bored and follow easily. So we are exactly. going for the masochist route. So we are you, going. You'll notice that none of the rest of us spend 14 hours fixing episodes. They probably just should have been re-recorded anyway. They just come saying. out wonderful, though, don't they? Come out wonderful. <laughs> this is a wonderful show, everybody. I love being. They here. do. They come they out. Do. They come out wonderfully. Well, th- this is true because if they didn't come out wonderfully, you know, unfortunately. We wouldn't be here anymore. Well, here's the thing. How did I let episode one be released if I was that into quality? That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, that was a long, long time ago. We didn't realize how bad it was until we made it far away. We didn't realize how bad it was until we, you know, actually discovered how to do things. And we're like, oh, life well, of heaven. Oh. This is true. Well, this is true. I'm like, you mean if I unplug this thing on the side of my computer, the annoying foghorn sound will stop? Oh, my God. This is wonderfully. I've revolutionized the podcasting world. It is great stuff. Okay. So for our second season, we are going to cover, what, what did we decide on? Like 11 fix in our second season? Something like 11 fix, Up from yeah. four in the first season, we're going to 11. And then oh, no, lordy, lordy. No, can we even... Okay, so if you were listening to this and you were going to be following our podcast during our second season, tonight we are covering Naked Quidditch Match by... Anya. 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 I knew her name. That was the thing where I'd like to let other people contribute to the podcast. It was one of those. Exactly. It it's one, not that he doesn't know how to pronounce it. It was one of those yes headmaster moments where it was like everyone joins in unison. I'm kind of like Umbridge, but without the pink. And now we bow to you. <laughs> we Now we bow to me. So we. The- I'm sorry. What was that Vic's paper rub girl? What were we saying over there? I said, what about the cats? But it's not funny now. It, it, it is actually not funny now, but we give P.S. credit. P.S. we love so much. We were sad tonight. We were very sad and the Jen could not be here. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like the podcast will be missing that special oomph. And I got a message from P.S. saying that she was on a great deal of cold medication. She didn't think she sounded like a frog, but she wasn't sure. And she had no memory of riding the subway today, but apparently she did or else she couldn't be where she was at the time. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? Do you have a few hours free tonight, P.S.? I think I can help you and me. So P.S. is here tonight. Mike is here tonight. Now, this is going to be exciting for those of you who are familiar with Mike's podcasts. Mike has read Naked Quidditch Match, as have we all, but we haven't discussed it with Mike. So we're going to see what Mike think happens 
in, in, in the story, <laughs> and then we're going to talk or about Mike it. Or Mike thinks happened. Did I say think? I have a prediction. Did I say think? Yeah, but you, you know what? That we can go in. happened we can, I know. I, I realize it didn't make sense, but I was hoping it would get missed, so I want to thank you, Chief, no. for pointing it out. But you know You're what welcome. we could have done in the future? We could go back and edit in the zzz at the end of the word. That's a little trick we have in editing oh, land. Oh. We, we edit in the Yeah. Zzz. All right. Season two Season, uh, uh, hey, I am. Season two of Pofua, we are covering Naked Quidditch Match. We are covering Harry Potter and the Nightmare of Future's Past. We are covering the Coven of Echoes, which is a Harry Ginny fic that Horace Girl over here is obsessed with. I just want to point that out to everybody. I'm and- not obsessed <laughs> with the Harry Ginny part. I'm obsessed with the part that actually has a plot. Okay, she re- oh. she was really concerned about coming Hi, out. Harry Jamie, you was, know you do. She was so concerned. Here's the thing: you should have seen. P.S. I'm so embarrassed, but I love this. It's like it's like someone on Adkins discovering McDonald's biscuits. It's like I'm not supposed to. Look, let's say she's wearing cheese dark sunglasses and wig that she was wearing when she was, you know, almost arrested by the state of Kansas. Um, we are also going to be covering. What else are we covering? We are covering sure. Living with Danger by... Why do you need to know? Why do you... Well, that's actually the author's name. We could have just done a who's on first thing there, but we just thought we'd save some time. <laughs> we're covering the book of Morgan Le Fay and the Final Reckoning by Lavender Brown. And we're covering Paradigm of Uncertainty by Laurie. And we're covering about three or four other fics that our members are going to choose. But there's another fic that we're Oh, covering. you forgot Jen's... No, that was Paradigm of... Oh, we're covering a... a is it sna- Lady Cheese? Is it Lady Cheese? I think it is. <laughs> Lady Cheese, we're covering um, your fic with all my love on the podcast for a few weeks, I believe. Is that right? Are you really? We are. Wow. We, I'm so honored, we, you guys. We are. And here's the thing. When we opened it up, Melinda asked if she could take part as much as possible. Yes, I definitely want to be in on this one too. yes and um i think i think this is going to be rather interesting so of course the minute we started that she was like okay for my interview i would like a green room with freshly cut flowers <laughs> and i would like my bottled water mm, not chilled per se but no okay she's obviously and a bowl be gr- of m&ms with all the brown ones removed this is absolutely exactly. correct this is absolutely yeah. correct so britney spears over here will be on the podcast with <laughs> exactly so- I told everybody I was bringing my beta, my best friend, and my dog. <laughs> she really so. is. So. Are they the same person? Oh, how the attitude oh. changed when she was in the- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm she. This is true. No, she is I just, she. I just, I just want everybody who's reading it to just to take a minute and start, and before they start, take a deep breath and go, she wrote this when she was 16. And then start reading. And then when she gets to a part that doesn't make sense, go, she wrote this when she was 16. And <laughs> just keep going. Melinda's going to be like, I just don't get how the hell they got to the bridge. Because there should be no logical way for two people to do that. Like, I just... So this will be interesting. So we're not only going to cover a fic that, you know, Lady She has written, but we're going to see what it's like to be on the other side of the microphone. The other yes. side of the microphone. So, in other words, we're putting Chi into forced retirement for a couple of weeks. So, we're going to yeah. have a very interesting second season. We have a lot of our guest hosts returning. We're going to have Jen most... Okay, can I just tell you this? I am meeting Jen next week. In person. You're all excited. In per- yes. I'm excited, but I'm very nervous. Because... Yeah. Well, no, Jen is kind of... I love Jen dearly. Jen kind of brings her own special brand of excitement with her whenever she, wherever she goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to... She does. Yes, she does. And um, I am concerned 
that I'm going to need, number one, extra bail money. I am concerned that I'm going to have to get her, like, a foghorn so she can blow it. So I'm like, okay, Jen, blow the foghorn again so I can listen to see where it's and I can go get her. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I've known Jen for over a year. She's one of my best friends in the world, and she is coming to New York. I'm going to meet Jen. I'm meeting Mike next week. I'm hoping to meet Lady Chi later this year. I'm hoping to meet Meg when she gets back. I'm going to meet Tina. I'm I'm meeting everyone on this conference call right now, basically. So this this will be... That's right. When are we meeting, Ryan? Exactly. What's the plan for that? Well, you're in Kansas, which is a red state, and I'm afraid (laughs) to go there because of tornadoes. And We actually uh, have a conceal and carry law in Kansas. Oh, oh, in that case, I'm on my way, (laughs) Chi. I am on my way. Get the arrow bed out of them on my way. Just actually for a moment, I just want to stop and ask, uh, many of our forum members are already doing this, but to anyone who listens to our podcast who may not be a member of our forum, um, First of all, come register, because we're crazy like this. They're all the time, even more so. I'm the normal one in the forum. So I say that. I am the normal one on the forum. Uh, yeah. Just, if, everyone could, if everyone could just um, stop for a few moments, if you're someone who believes in prayer, or if you're someone who just could keep people in your thoughts, keep Rinna in your thoughts. Rinna's town was actually hit by one of the tornadoes that struck the south this past Tuesday. So that would be February 5th. Lots of damage, many deaths in the area. Rinna is one of those people that can laugh in the middle of a funeral. She just has this ability to find humor in everything. And she's joking that a herd of cows went missing, and she's afraid that she's going to get hit by a cow walking down the street tomorrow because the cows haven't come down yet. Really tough situation for Rinna and her family. So just everyone, if they could keep Rinna in their thoughts and prayers, that would be great. And she is sending us word on how everything's going with her. So we hope to be able to communicate that with you, and we hope to have her back on the podcast soon, because as you know, if your house were hit by a tornado, the first thing you would want to do is podcast about Harry Potter fan fiction, so we hope to have Rinna back soon. Yeah, and very soon. Very. Our and we can make our PSWO mascot a cow now. We could. We could. We'll burn, yeah, we'll burn her now. Well, no, 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 actually, no, no. Do you remember my rant from season one about cows and how much I hate cows? Yeah, something about orgasms. Is that correct? Yeah, something about orgasms. I'd forgotten all about that until Allie sent me a PM about it, and I was like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) I loved it. It was either Allie or AC. Someone in the forum put, like, the fun. Like, like, when you're sad or when you're feeling bad for someone, sometimes, like, it's hard to find humor in things. And we're all leaving these very emotional messages for Rena on the forum, just wishing her, you know, thank God you're safe, and thank God, you know, know, everything's going to be fine. And, And so Someone posted, first Bernard and now this. <laughs> I just start cracking up laughing. I'm like, do you think she cares about the damn goat right now? It was just so, but it was so true and it was just so funny and it made me laugh was, so much. And I cried for Bernard again and it was just, it was, it, it, it really, whoever posted that, 20 points to your house. I can't do that, but whatever. We'll pretend that. Oh my God. It was, damn that wise and gamut. Damn oh. the wise and gamut. Damn bureaucracy. It but, would pass. It, it would pass. 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 Okay, so yeah. why don't we just get right into the fact? Because we, Amelie, if you're listening to this, number one, hi. Number two, we love you. Number three, make it sound good. <laughs> yes, Very. please, please, please. Yeah, make we me not sound like a frog. <laughs> oh, oh, P.S. Hey, so, can I just tell you, P.S. inadvertently told me her first name the other day. No. P.S. Was that a mistake, or were you like doing that on purpose to see if people would catch it? I was doing that on purpose to see if people would catch it. Okay. You've told me your first name, haven't you? Yeah. 
She's not going to tell it now, though, because she doesn't want I everyone to know. It. Well, no, because it was because P.S. is one of those people that really likes to keep her real life and her cyber life separate. And she was denying she was a girl for a while. Like, I was she, not. But I'm like, P.S. is an avatar of a girl right next to you. She's like, okay, I admit it. So <laughs> she inadvertently mentioned her first name. I'm like, <gasps> I know something I'm not supposed to know. So it was, <laughs> unfortunately, she wanted That's to That's exactly know. why I did it, though. It's kind of like when I let my name slip. You said it seven <laughs> times in one sentence. I did. I did. I but noticed that. I was like, when is she going to stop? It's like she did it on purpose. Well, because well, yeah. if you've seen how I spell my last name, then you would understand the joke. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, well, the thing I joke with Danielle is like, she can't wait to marry me, even though she probably would love to run away. Uh, no, just kidding. I'm a wonderful yeah, catch, everybody. Cheese name. Yeah. What happened? I just figured out the joke of cheese name. <laughs> it just hit me just now. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No problem. The thing I always joke with Danielle is she's Armenian, so she has like six leathers in her last name or seven leathers or whatever it is. I'm not counting in my head. I really am not that stupid. But like half of the leathers in her last name are silent. <laughs> so it's just like people all like when she graduated from culinary school, per her norm, she was the top of her class. And when she goes up to get her diploma, I'm recording the whole thing, and the dean or the vice president or whatever of the school leans in and whispers something in her ear, and then she whispers something back in his, and he nods his head, and she walks away. And I said later, what was he asking you? She's like, he was asking me how to pronounce my last name, which was the sign that she was about to come back up and win awards. Every single time they called her up, they called her up seven times after that, they pronounced her name seven different ways, none of them right. (laughs) So I'm just like, you can't wait to marry me, can you? I know a woman who um, she had to keep her maiden name because her name is Gail and her husband's last name is Vale, so she'd be Gail Vale. Like, okay. Sometimes it's like <laughs> that's worse than uh, Julia Gulia. <laughs> I have no a, wedding a, singer. I have a friend oh, named Casey, uh-huh. and she married a guy named Bill Casey, so her name now is Casey Casey. Are you serious? Did she oh, take his sorry. name? <laughs> no, she didn't take it. But they have a child now, so she's using it more and more. Casey Casey. Yeah, that's her name. Oh, God, wow. that's bad. That's awful. Well, I love the people who have the last names that they insist are pronounced differently than they're spelt, and there's no way they are. Like, like we were talking, okay? Yeah, we were talking about keeping up appearances last week. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's a British comedy about three sisters, all named after flowers, Hyacinth, Violet, and um, Daisy. The two main ones are um, Hyacinth and Daisy. And Daisy, she's on welfare. Her husband wears a wife beater. Onslow. And, yeah, Onslow. And all he d- he's the smartest guy in the show, but he just drinks beer all day and, and doesn't shower and lays in the and watches TV. And like yeah. their car never starts, and there's like a broken boat on the front lawn, and they're in Section 8 housing. And, this is, and that's where they live. And Hyacinth is this woman who, she's the most annoying woman on the planet, and no one likes her, but she acts like she's the Queen of England, and she thinks people love her because she's so sophisticated, and she goes to such lengths to to hide her family members from her neighbors and everything that they, everyone can see through her but her. And she married a man named Richard Bucket, B-U-C-K-E-T. But she decides we're pronouncing it Bouquet. <laughs> so every time someone says, it's the Bucket Woman, it's the funniest thing. But um, <laughs> there's another one, too. Oh, I used to know a woman whose last name, she pronounced it Gua. It was spelled G-A-Y. That's gay. <laughs> And like her name was. I'm sorry, there's no way around her that. name it's is gay. gay. She's like it was Gua, and then it was Gway. I'm like your name is gay. I'm sorry, it's gay. I'm sure it was a <laughs> wonderful name before it got the connotation of homosexuality. It's gay. I've run into people, and I can't. I'd say it if I could remember who it was now, but I can't remember who it was. It was like two sisters in the same family would insist their name was pronounced differently. Wow. Wow. 
we got on this subject because the author of tonight's fix, <laughs> Claudia, sometimes is hard to pronounce. But I sent her an email, and she is a lovely woman, and I enjoyed talking to her very much. And she's very concerned about her story being plagiarized, and I'm sure there were things plagiarized. That, no, she, oh. she. I think she was concerned that people would take her story and pass it off as their own. Oh really? So wow. I'm 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 sure there was a whole story behind that, which I'm just not familiar with. But Melinda yeah. knows nothing about Melinda, that. Melinda, <laughs> we're gonna skip Melinda. Let's not go Melinda there. Melinda knows nothing. I'm playing JKR herself, everybody. So one thing we will do for Anya is, while I'm not sure where the whole plagiarism thing came from, I'm sure there was a story I don't know. So we at Parfic Weekly will commit to this. If we see anyone out there who is passing the story off as their own, who is not Anya, we will report them to Fandom Wank immediately, and we will make their lives a living hell. <laughs> the way I understood it duty. Yep. was that she wrote this for a few friends, yep. and then it started being passed around and posted everywhere, and right. that's why for a while you couldn't find it anywhere. Okay, now were people passing it off as their own, or was it just... I don't know that they were it passing it off on their own, but either they weren't giving her credit, or it was just being posted everywhere without posted her, her knowing. Patient. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Which let- is a violation of copyright law, by the way, for those of you guys who don't know. But, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Lady and she, the copyright lawyer, is with us for questions before and after the podcast. But one thing I will just say is this. This is a fic about the Harry Potter characters emailing each other for ten chapters. I love yes. this woman. <laughs> it is wonderful. <laughs> and she can have all the credit for that, because who the hell would have thought of that? I love this. Like, I just, like, let's even get into this. I don't remember when the first time I read the story was. I think it was, I went on Fictionality a few years ago. This is when I was in my early days of fanfiction, and I was looking for, like, the top recommended stories, and this one was always in the top two. So I think I read, like, I sampled the first chapter, but I think at the time I was really looking for novel-length fanfiction, so I really, it just wasn't the thing I wanted to read at the time. So I never really read it until this past week. And I listened to the story. I listened to it in my car. I listened to it for a three-hour car ride. And I didn't almost crash this time. But if I had, I would have blamed it on the story. I really would have. <laughs> I mean, let's even get into the story. Just, let's well, just I know yeah. if you read Jack and A's story, yeah. This Means War, the M-mail I got out of that story, and he did credit on you. That's how I found this story mm-hmm. was through a That's how I his. found it too, Melinda. Yeah. By reading, but um, it's, it's on Phoenix now on. that I read this, a lot of this means war comes right from this fic. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask a plot question? No, no, you can't. Because There's no Mike, plot. Because Mike, we have a question for you. You've read all ten chapters. Uh, yes, I did tonight. Okay. What do you think happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, me, like relationship wise, like who was supposed? To, it seemed like it was supposed to be right. Draco, Hermione, and Ginny all were after Harry, and he's kind of like. He doesn't want them all, so he's because they had the the naked Quidditch match, which makes Draco, Ginny, and Hermione all sort of start chasing him, trying to blackmail him. <laughs> and then you have like the thing with Voldemort I going. Started. On. I have to be. Wait a minute. I have to be. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? <laughs> he, does, he doesn't want to go with them, right? That's my Edit out my snort there. Hold on. Are you being? You're not. You're not being serious right now. Yeah, no, wait. Hermione blackmails him with naked pictures, right? Ginny's trying to say- <laughs> Blackmail Harry? Mike, I'm offering you a full-time- I promise the others I'd never do this. I'm offering you a full-time job right now. Hold on. Was Draco even in the fic? Yeah, he's he fondling Harry when they're- <laughs> No? Right? Yeah, I, I thought he- 
Oh my god, we're making this a regular segment. I swear to God, season two, ask Mike. No, um... Right, is, am, I not, am I making that up? Isn't there a scene where... You no! That's <laughs> awesome, Ryan. Okay, you can do the... Here's on, what on, everyone else thought the fic was about, and here's what Mike Hold on, thought. okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. Okay, so so far we have Draco fondling Harry. We have Draco, Hermione, and Ginny blackmailing Harry to play naked Quidditch. What else happened in the fic? The whole Voldemort thing, which I thought was fun. Okay, what Voldemort thing was that? With, um, you know, Dr- Harry wants to join Voldemort to escape from uh, Ginny, Hermione, Draco, and then uh, they go, he starts making fun of him. And, did I miss the Draco ch- Hold on, I have a question. Where did you read the story? There's very little Draco. Hold, no, hold on. Did you- I'm not picking up. Like, Lee Jordan's announcing it that, like, you know, this, the, the snitch hasn't been released, but uh, Draco keeps going for uh, Harry's, and there's, like, some sort of... Like, he never fondled him. He fondled oh, him. Like, he fondled himself. Slash for me, but you see it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you, I, I actually do have a question. This may clear Mike's name here. There is more than one version of the story. Is that right? This is the original version, the one that we have up Which on parfictweekly.com. Naked Quidditch Crap. match. Weren't there? Where? There were new. I think I read the wrong one. No, I'm wondering that now because I don't think there's. We we are reading the one the only uh, the only one I could find. We're reading on fanfiction.net, the original. No, I have a different one. And either you or Melinda gave it to me because I wouldn't have gotten it from anywhere else. No dignity.com. I'm reading it at no dignity.com. Oh, see, I'm on fanfiction too, because that's her it's it's it's, she actually has it posted as the original naked quidditch match. Okay, now how many now, what are the differences between the two? Do we know? She has a note on here. Because that's important to state. Hold on. Let me... She has a note at the beginning on the fanfiction.net one, Ryan. Yep. If you go to chapter one at the very top. Um, Can someone link me to this? Muddiness. Go on perfectly. Just, I found it, by the way, on your... It just says, one last note. There are some corrections and changes on this version that were not on the site. The site, uh, by the way, is now defunct and the story is not available there. Harry's, she references the size... The measurements not being in metric. Okay. And then she fixed that, but I don't think there's anything. Okay. So for those of you who read, so you, you know, did you guys have a nine chapter version or a 10 chapter version? I am um, missing a chapter. I had. I, I have minus nine 10. chapters. Do you have the story with Rita Skeeter at the end? No, it, it ended abruptly. I thought it was abandoned. Okay. Yeah, no, there's the 10th chapter. Well, if you go to parfictweekly.com and you click I, on I'm this- looking at it now. If you go to the, so yeah, the parfictweekly.com, click on the season two schedule, and if you click on Naked Quidditch Match, you can get the link right to the story on fanfiction.net. So for those of you who read it on the same site as Mike... I read it on your site. I'm looking right at it. Where Okay, so you read the same one the I did. The same site as me. She so and I read, this, I read Ryan, because when I saw it was nine chapters, I asked Ryan, and Ryan gave me the correct one. Why yeah. didn't you tell me? I gave you the wrong link. You should have told me. Someone's in trouble. Someone's going to get it. <laughs> Sorry. Now, okay, so Mike, you s- Draco blackmailed Harry? Oh, he's fondling and molesting. <laughs> uh, chapter 9. I'm, I'm, look, wait, I found let's it. go to chapter 9, everybody. We're going to screw it. Season 1, we want to know what the hell with it. Interesting how Draco seems to be sniffing about quite closely to Potter. The teams are taking their position. It looks like the game is already in the bag for the Gryffindors. The Slytherin Seeker can't seem to identify the difference between the Golden, Snitch, and Potter's 
that 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 Jordan McGonagall screeches beyond simple outrage. How, how is that fondling? Yeah, yeah no, fondling requires physical interaction. He's mesmerized and he's staring at him. I think, but I I didn't get the fondling part there. Yes. I thought there's like the golden snitch, like he's going for it, like it's a golden snitch. No, the, I think it's just that he's focusing more on Harry's golden snitch than the 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 Quidditch golden snitch. <laughs> well, see, I wasn't hallucinating at least. If an overactive imagination. Let's you, say. I just love P.S. He's like P.S. Queen of Slash. She's like Mike can't write it, but he sees it in like ice cream parlors all over the country. I don't know. Are you mean paranoid after the last one? What can I? Say? Well, you're going to be even more paranoid next week, Mike. That's all I can say for you. Well, anyway, I guess Hermione and Ginny, then, are chasing after Harry. No, 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 Hermione. Why are you Hermione? She's getting naked pictures of Ron. Oh, wait, are you serious? Yes! Really? Yes! I missed something key there. Okay, Mike, I have a question. Hey, chapter do you gleam over the words, or do you... No, I read this very carefully. I read it twice. <laughs> really? <laughs> because I understand Ron was in there, but yeah. wasn't it like she's talking to Jimmy about, like, you know, like, how can we keep Ron out of it? That's what we can tell him we, we're having making pictures of Harry. Right? No? Maybe. No. 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 Well, like, his sister was going to get with her. Never mind. Wow. <laughs> Never mind. Just... Mike, Just wait. Mike, I have to say, you help us so much fill the gap left by Jen. <laughs> wait, I have to... Jen would be a warrior? <laughs> Tribal but, wait, but Hermione was naked pictures of Harry, right? With the Ron, Ron, naked pictures of Ron. Pictures of what, were the, what were the special Omni things for? That was for on the pitch when she charmed the Omnioculars for Ginny and the Harry Potter fan club so they could take pictures of Harry on the pitch before they decided to do the official calendar. But they're not for her then. Okay. No. Well, no, there's other guys there that I'm sure she wouldn't mind seeing, but she is not yes. interested. Like, I'm sure she wouldn't mind seeing Harry oh. naked. You know, See, she's- I, I thought the whole theme was kind of like everyone's chasing Harry and Harry doesn't really... No. So Harry ran into the arms of Voldemort. Wait, does, does Harry hook up with Ginny at the end, or is he still yes. running away from her? No, he, no, he, he was never running away from her. He, I'm pretty sure, you know, they were... Yeah. They were playing a game with each other. Yes, they, yes. They, I'm pretty sure they were pretty much involved by Chapter 6. Now, so to Harry, yeah. Ginny pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I just want to say this. Now, Maybe next time we should tell Mike all this beforehand. No, no, okay, no, here's no, the ship. no, no, here's no, the- no, 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 this is much better. Now, Harry is 17 in this fic, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Fred and George are still going to Hogwarts, right? No, I don't know Harry's 17. Where do we get no, I think I took this to be like a fifth or sixth year. Yeah, I took those so she's a- It says at the end of the fic, though, he's 17. Well, somebody lied. So she's doing JKR math, that's all. Yes. JKR. My point is, is that it doesn't matter. It's the naked exactly. Quidditch match. Yeah. That's my point. They're, they're, they're emailing you me. You can't analyze it too closely. It's yes, just for but fun. you have me on the podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've got the anal retentive lady over here. It's like, it doesn't make sense. There wasn't enough time for Harry to make it down the stairs. It's a blood hole. <laughs> <laughs> and what's up with the damn boat on its back? But... <laughs> <laughs> Those rules don't apply here. Harry is a seventh year. Fred and George are apparently in their tenth year. And yeah. We're going to talk about some of the more funny M males because, man. Tina, why don't you take us into the direction of the funny M males? 
I don't know if I could choose one. It's like one after the other. I just was laughing my ass All right, off. I can take one right here. Okay, Melinda, go. go now, Melinda. Melinda, by the way, went away with her family on vacation, <laughs> read this at the pool, and her six-year-old's like, Mommy, what are you reading? Um, nothing. <laughs> Why do you keep laughing? What's so funny? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm laughing about mortgage <laughs> payments, dear. Go play in the pool. <laughs> This is one that comes from McGonagall, and I can just picture McGonagall. <laughs> it's this, this, just this one line. Given the fact jock cups cannot be used in this game as per the restrictions of a naked Quidditch challenge, any male student who wishes to learn of a genitalia protection spell may come to my office in confidence. <laughs> can you imagine what McGonagall <laughs> to all Gryffindors from Dean Thomas regarding play ball. Hope everyone's set for the game. I know our team is ready to bedazzle the school with what the Gryffindor is made of. Let's get down there and show our support. <laughs> girls, do the boys a favor and try not to giggle. Boys, do the girls a favor and don't drool at the femmes of our team. Let's show the Slytherins that what's going on in the game has more to do with snitches, bludgers, and whatnot than with breasts and balls. Dean. <laughs> to Dean Thomas, from Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress, regarding play ball. How utterly inspiring, Mr. Thomas. See me after the game, Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. <laughs> 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 or can we just talk about Lucius signing his emails lucky? <laughs> I love Bellatrix's email where it's at Azkaban. <laughs> Bellatrix's rage at Azkaban. Like they have the email <laughs> Well, I love Harry's signatures and all the All right, you know what we do? We usually don't do this during stories. Melinda's going to be so proud of us because Melinda's like, you guys should go and order more and come prepared. Why don't we start from the beginning and work our way through? Everyone, to chapter one. Okay, here we go. Yay! Where's the one with Ginny going catatonic? That would be around the <laughs> that time. That was after she's... Harry gave his measurements. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is that chapter one or two? Well, she was probably That's chapter one. That'd be terrible if she was doing it in metric, but thought it was an inch. Oh, that would be powerful. Oh, here we go. Like that stupid uh, satellite. All right. We are going to chapter one. We are on fanfiction.net, right, everybody? All right. We are starting off. Now we are going to scroll through these as a group, and we're going to stop when anything funny catches our eyes. Oh, God. That's Let everything. This is my favorite. <laughs> Page one. Go ahead. To Lavender Brown from Hermione Granger. Ari, worried about Jenny. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> I was just on that one. God damn it, Harry. You know my little sister has a crush on you. Did you have to send out that ML glorifying your endowment? Hermione took her down to the infirmary. She was foaming at the mouth and wouldn't let go of a printout of that ML and a measuring tape. This is all your fault, Fred George. Wait till mom finds out. And Harry, stay away from my little sister. Ron. <laughs> to Gryffindor Quidditch teammates from Dread and Forge Weasley regarding game next week. Oi, okay. So we're all playing Starkers. Letting it all hang out. Exposing our bits. Flaunting our glory. Just to ensure that we put those slithering gits to shame. Anyone needing an enhancement potion should let us know before the game. Well before the game. You'll need a night off and some practice to get used to the new balls, if you know what we're meaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Oh, 
two Harry's girls, all members from Jimmy slash founder. <laughs> We've got Colin's camera. Uh, oh my god. Makes me laugh every time. This story is just so ridiculous. It just like uh, Yeah, I found where I got so many wrong. Where did, where- hold on, hold on. Mike's making an important breakthrough. What did you find? Okay, it says on to Lee Jordan from Fred Weasley. Check with Ron Lee. He's not budging. You sure that Lavender's on the level about those pickies Hermione has? So I thought Hermione was taking naked pictures of Harry. No, he was taking... So why would Ron care? Because Ron loves her. No, 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 no. That's where my confusion came in. To Ginny Weasley from Hermione Granger, you can never admit to Ron this came from me. Attached is the charm you need. I've also attached another charm that will let an omnocular capture an image and store it for downloading onto photographic paper. I'm like, Hermione has a digital camera? <laughs> Not to mention they got the year of the calendar wrong, right? Because isn't Harry graduated in 2002? Yeah, he graduated in 1997. The story makes no sense. Watch, that's what I'm saying. That Yeah, the calendar's like years after he graduated. Yeah. How, yeah. how you guys want to do this? Do you want to go through it like one email at a time? Because I think if we do it the other way, we're just going to say that we love the concept over and over. Do you want to like go through it, or how do you want to do this? <laughs> Silence. After at a time? No, I'm trying to figure out what this means. And I'm trying to figure out where Chi is. Chi? Chi is here. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, here. Are you all right? <laughs> there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Just, I completely... For some reason, I zoned out for like two minutes. And now I'm back. <laughs> She's like staring at the blood plants and maybe it's the wrong. No, I was staring at the thirteen point two eight four two centimeters by canatonic. It became canatonic. Yeah. She listen to me. Centimeters. Cent. Oh, centimeters. Oh. oh, I don't know what a centimeter ones, looks like. Right? It's smaller than an inch. I'll put it to that way, P.S. Like half an inch, I think. Maybe that's yeah. why Ginny was catatonic. She didn't realize it was metric. <laughs> She's in English. Well, that's... Yeah, the... they use that no, it there, switches right? between being metric and it does. U.S. measure. In the middle, it switches. It switches. Yeah. So right. I think the six and a quarter is inches. So why don't we do this, everyone? Why don't we go to the beginning and why don't we start yeah. in the beginning? Okay. Sure, as long as somebody tells me who Will is. Who is Will? Yeah. The Neville one? Yeah. I didn't get that either, P.S. Well, we'll get to that when we get to it. not me. Okay. All right. So everyone go to the first one on page one. I'm not sure how you want to do this. If you want to just like go through them and see what see what's funny. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, just go through and if something funny catches your eyes. To George and Fred Weasley from Leave Mates, we're going to lose the bet. Harry's gone AWOL. I overheard Dumbledore talking to McGonagall, and they think he's just handed himself over to Voldemort rather than play the game Starkers. By the way, Alicia and crew have it out for you. They've been practicing Beat the Beater, and their aim is phenomenal. You best see McGonagall regarding the protection charm. Good luck, <laughs> Lee. <laughs> I like Lee. My mother thought Lee was a girl. Jen thought Lee was a girl. Well, yeah, Jen thought but- Blaze was a girl. Jen thinks everyone's a girl. Uh, who was a girl? Blaze, uh, Blaze, Blaze Sabini and Lee Jordan. Jen. Well, no, in the That movie- was a common problem, wasn't it, that everyone was thinking Zabini was a girl? Yeah. I don't know why. No, but after it was confirmed, Jen still thought the Blaze was a girl. Oh, yeah, I remember. I had to, like, get quotes. I forget. It's in some episode. She says, she still thinks Blaze is a boy. (laughs) Like, that's now out of date. I know. I had to Aruga into the episode to make the correction for everybody. 
Oh, I, I like every, this. Every time you good, I like copy that down. <laughs> so wait, the C, uh, it goes, um, Dear Ron, I'm a female student in the upper class. I'm in a few of your classes and I have been since first year. Um, I don't know what to say other than I have a crush on you and I have pictures of you we were talking about in one line. That's Hermione, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The line above it is to Hermione from Ginny talking okay. about the fact that she's got a crush on Ron and she says, er, you don't love him, do you? I'm sure there's a tonic for that. <laughs> That's a little sister thing to say. Yeah, Mike, if you think about it, that was a clue. That was <laughs> I a missed clue. that one. That was a clue. But seriously, now I want you to picture you're anyone in the world but Ron, and you get the following email. Dear Ron, <laughs> I am a female student in the upper class. Wait, if you're not Ron, would it still say Dear Ron? No, no, like someone else is reading it. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. is drugged out of her mind. She doesn't know what she's saying. No, but I am a female student in the upper classes. I am in a few of your classes and have been since first year. So I'm one of of the four girls in your class, is what he's saying. I've been in your classes since first year. I get it now. Oh, my God. He's just... Poor Ron. Good thing he's dense. (laughs) I like like this one, too. Good, uh, good news. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tina. Oh, head, Melinda. Oh, my God, the good news. oh, God. Now it's going to be a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Ice off. No, you go. No, you go. Oh, oh, no, okay, I'll go. To Ron Weasley from his wonderful big brothers regarding a wall seeker. Dear Ronikins, it has come to our attention via our elaborate and exotic spy network that someone who shall go unnamed until you tell us where our vanished seeker is has taken advantage of your trust and captured you in the buff on film. For the price of such information that leads to the whereabouts of one Harry Potter, we will divulge the perpetrator, the method of the crime, and provide you with the originals of the incriminating photos. And no, Ronnie, they aren't the baby pictures Mummy took. Brotherly love, Fred and George. <laughs> and at the same time, you have the love that you know that Hermione obviously feels for Ron. She sends the secret admirer note, please don't tell McGonagall. And then he writes back, to Hermione Granger from your bestest bud, Ron. <laughs> you're Hermione, you're like a sister to me. Melinda, what was yours? I like that. Good news, though. We found Harry. The git has been hiding under the invisibility cloak in the Chamber of Secrets for the past three days to avoid detection. <laughs> Our dialing baby sister went down and hauled him up. You've got to admire her persistence to a goal. But I want—I wanted to see that scene. I want to see Ginny go down the Chamber of Secrets and drag him back up. Like fireman's lift. <laughs> What's so funny about this fake sometimes is the stuff that happens off screen. Yeah, there's a ton that happens see. off screen that I really, but they just keep alluding to it. Yeah, and you can take it whatever direction you want to take it, you know? I like the next one from Harry, too. It's, here's an idea. Let's concede the game. Let the Slytherins take the bloody cup. I'm not going out there, Starkers. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yes. Harry. (laughs) I like the one from Oliver while he ends it. Feel free to owl me for Quidditch tips. (laughs) Ollie, no real disrespect intended, but go to hell. To all Gryffindors from Neville Longbottom regarding naked. Now that I have your attention, yeah, I don't know who Will is either, but I think it's just some random extra whose birthday it is, and Neville's just trying to get into the conversation. <laughs> Peter Ish from Shuba. And just for the day, don't hex him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because see, in the next one after, she has the measurements in inches. 
Really? All right. Now, let's think about this here. Two Gryffindor Tower all from Harry Potter regarding Fred and George Weasley. Allow me to dispel the rumors. My measurements are precisely 6.23 inches by 2.75 inches in width. Drop down. Da, 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 da. To Harry Potter from Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. I expect to see you in my office first thing in the morning. <laughs> um, Minerva? Why would that be? <laughs> oh, you mean Minnie. Minnie. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. To Harry Potter from a Gryffindor admirer regarding independent assessment. <laughs> 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 to Harry Potter from Oliver Wood regarding House Pride. I've been informed by emergency owl post about this dark Quidditch match. Harry, what are you doing? Rule number one, never give a Slytherin an advantage. Oh, I know goodness. it was just sad, but to Oliver Wood. From Harry Potter. Ollie, no deals for disrespect for the hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, is this probably written after book four, but before book five? Uh, probably, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because it was on Gryffindor Tower. So, yeah. Which chapter is the bigger staff comment? Oh, I love that. I just cracked up, fell out of my chair. To Ron Weasley from Harry Potter regarding Jenny's condition. Er, Ron, I'm your bloody roomie. Why are we emailing each other? <laughs> that happens a couple of times. It's not M-mail, it's email, too, but who cares? I don't even understand how it's supposed to work. <laughs> P.S. is like, I need to understand how the entire... And where do they go to the bathroom? Like, do they all have their own computer? No, it's just... I always imagine it as just, like, a parchment appearing in front of them or something like that. At one point, they talk about owls delivering it. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of, kind of smoke in the air. Here's the thing. I know this is Perfect Weekly, but we have to resist the urge to nitpick this one. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. There's too many good things to nitpick it. Right, I'm moving to Chapter 2. Chapter yeah. 2. I'm ahead of you. <laughs> Jeez, slow I'm down. Sorry, I'm already on Chapter 2 also. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> <laughs> I was too, but I think I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> P.S. is drugged up. Remind, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Do I'm from Ron Weasley regarding golden snitches. Harry, great pratty is, went public with the size and weight of the snitches. Ginny's gone catatonic as a result, and let me tell you, the smile on her face is frightening. We're still trying to pry the measuring tape from our hands. <laughs> anyway, if you must know. <laughs> Six and two thirds, right? Oh, God. To Bill Weasley, Ron Weasley, Charlie Weasley, ungodly duo from Harry Potter regarding I defeated Voldemort once. <laughs> Some support if you don't... Bl- okay, is this one like the oh, type the of attitude. hell? Or is this- Some support if you I don't mind. Harry, Harry drugs? Yeah, like Harry can't... Like, like I can't tell. It's like so bad. This is like P.S. writing tonight. Like earlier tonight, P.S., you want a podcast? I need to get a dink first. I'm like, all right, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it goes with the theme of the night. In the mind of Harry's. I've already got a week's worth of McGonagall, and I won't even mention the lecture I got. I so want to hear that lecture. <laughs> By the way, Ron... I went and saw Ginny. She's fine. She's fine now. now. (laughs) (laughs) I could just sit here and read this whole thing again. (laughs) I know. It's just funny. I'm like scrolling through and laughing my butt off. Like you didn't think it was Harry Charlie? (laughs) Harry Harry tells Charlie he loves him. I love you, man. I don't know. I didn't pick up on that one. Now that you mention it, though. 
To Hermione Granger from Ginny Weasley, thanks for alerting McGonagall. No one will ever find out you snitched from me. You did tell McGonagall you didn't want to be publicly acknowledged for, for, for performing your civic duty, didn't you? To Ginny Weasley from Hermione Granger. Oh no, I forgot. <laughs> Bottom line, don't piss off the seeker. Okay, here he goes that. Put things mildly, I'm going to become a raging alcoholic if things don't get under control soon. It's all Fred and George's George. fault. Fred and George love Oliver, too. It's Fred and George Weasley from Oliver Wood. I've had to go underground, change my fireplace, and to list its address on the flu network. It's disastrous. There's even fan clubs for me now. Seriously, deranged women are throwing themselves at me, and I'm listed as number eight most eligible bachelor. Don't tell Harry. He's been number one for the past two years. <laughs> to Harry you know- from Oliver Wood. Yeah. R.E. Starseekers. I'm appalled to say this, but concede the game. The idiot duo has definitely gone too far this time. Do you know, it took me three hours to get into my flat yesterday. Three hours! And that's from the curb to the front door. Women were mauling me, all wanting to play with the bigger staff. (laughs) The testicles are bruised, and I probably won't be able to have children. All because I play bloody Quidditch. If it's this bad for me playing pro Quidditch, I realize that it'll be much worse for you. I'm just starting to get recognition in our leading sport. You're the boy who lived. Besides, I saw on the Wizarding whatever, WWE, that they're selling a limited edition calendar of you. You may have to hire bodyguards before you leave school. Harry, if the twins don't concede the game... Run! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mike, here's one, because I know I'm meeting Mike a week from Saturday. This is from Oliver to Fred and George. And men do not hug and kiss other men. It's not dignified. (laughs) (laughs) Make a mental note there, Ryan. Make a mental note. When you see me on the train, do not hug and kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. There goes my plans, though. I I have to redo our greeting then, Ryan. From scratch. There you go. That was the funniest conversation I've ever had with Jen. What am I supposed to do when I meet Ryan? I don't know. Say hello. <laughs> no. Well, I told Jen when I see you there, if I have trouble finding you, just trip. <laughs> <laughs> Come right over. I'll be the one whose head sticks above the crowd of everyone else. <laughs> You'll be grop. <laughs> or garp, according to garp Jen. With it. Oh, Jen Whatever. can't pronounce anything. I don't know. Can we give one from chapter three yet? Or are we still on chapter two? I'm already on chapter three. People can't listen <laughs> to directions. I'm going for it. <laughs> I like the one where uh, Harry starts threatening to join Voldemort from Minerva. I like, Albus, I like the boy is threatening to join forces with Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, McGonagall's such <laughs> McGonagall's funny. Of course they're not course going, they're not going into the forbidden forest. Like picture like Voldemort, Voldemort like, even has an email address. I think that's right. <laughs> Professor McGonagall from Minerva McGonagall, Debbie the Administrator. Of course they're not going into the Forbidden Forest, you get. They're not playing in the book. They've dared to play Starkers. Naked. Nude. Now do you see my problem? You thought they meant the bluff behind the school. But it's in the buff. Yeah, he thought she said the bluff. He's not man. To Minerva McGonagall from Elvis Dumbledore. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like so many conversations that I've had with Ryan. (laughs) That doesn't seem to be a problem. No. But I like the rest of his response. Well, I think our first priority is to establish the president of Harry's fan club. If they're to profit off the calendar, a certain percentage should be returned to the school. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore's trying to get a piece of the ash. (laughs) 
Where's the one where um, Sirius asks Remus if it's his time of the month? <laughs> Gotta be down here somewhere. Oh, I've learned never to ask that question. To Gryffindor Tower from Harry Potter regarding my beloved fan club. Given the un- the unlicensed aspect, now I've taken pre-law. Given the unlicensed aspect of this, plus the fact that I have a minor, it is needful to point out that without my express consent, this is a form of assault. <laughs> this is Harry who's, like, beat up by Voldemort, like, everywhere. <laughs> Let me raise the Voldemort. Tom, I've been yeah. thinking. Why should we be enemies? I've got skills you're looking for in a Death Eater. And while I won't do subservient, I think you could use a young, canny partner. What do you think, Harry Potter? Like, Harry, I've been thinking, can this photographer create an illusion to nudity without the full Monty? Ginny, and then Harry responds, why, Ginny? Don't you want to see my full Monty anymore? (laughs) To my nose-hated enemy from Lord Voldemort. How did you get this email address, brother? (laughs) <laughs> I like later on I know I'm getting ahead of myself when Voldemort's emails all they say is kill him kill him and I picture that little guy from uh, Austin Powers <laughs> <laughs> jumping up and down with the tantrum well I love it I was thinking of Ryan with the Star Wars is it Star is it Star Wars or Star Trek One of Star, the- Trek. <laughs> Star Trek Star Trek with, with the Dark Lord of the Sith stuff no that's Star Wars I Star, Star Wars, Wars. Yeah. Star Wars all right, anyone but me. I don't watch Star Wars. No, I love the fact that um, everyone signs with their initials. I never realized Peter Pettigrew was PP because I listened to it. <laughs> it's like I will do what you say, PP. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this one to Ginny from Harry. Ginny, how could you? You know how I feel about celebrity. I didn't ask to be famous. I just want to live a normal life. It's every fan fiction you've ever read. And then it's like, it's important to note to me that if I have to go out in flames, let the flames be of glory. I will agree to the calendar publication as long as they are professionally taken. I have final approval and 25% goes to a charity of my choice. It's like Harry turns into a lawyer. It's so funny. I, I, I like this one. To Oliver Wood from Harry Potter, CC Victor Crumb, regarding the calendar. Gentlemen, welcome aboard. I've arranged for a photographer, Miss Sally Mann. <laughs> that was funny. A very controversial American photographer artist that has been highly recommended to me by Charlie Weasley. The school has consented to allow us to use the grounds, at no charge given the charity nature of the project. If possible, I'd like to get photos done before the bloody Quidditch match that I have to deal with. I want the market saturated with this product before the game is a distraction tactic. How's Wednesday for you, gents? Harry. P.S. Bigger staff? Snort. Sorry, Ollie. We shared a locker room for too many years for that to wash. You're good, but you're not that good. <laughs> to Hermione from Ginny, Harry is asking that a 25% go to the St. Mungo's Victims Unit. I think that's very reasonable. He is also going to arrange to undercut production charges and legal fees for marketing. Is this man a prince or what? It's like 16 years old. <laughs> I love the uh, signature he gets. I mocked Voldemort. Voldemort, ask me how. That's hilarious. And I love the transition in Harry from trying to work for Voldemort to, to Tommy from Harry. Quite okay, old chap. I'll just take over HP. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I think I saw a bad, bad Voldemort. I did. I did. I did to a bit bad Voldemort. <laughs> oh, this is so much funnier after Deathly Hollows when he's like the most pathetic villain ever. You have one <laughs> hour. 
was I really? The, I know I make fun of that, but was I really the only one thinking that when they were reading this? No, <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't you just give them an hour? Like, why are you giving them this much time? You out, they're out, man. And I don't know. Let's not get into that. Harry, oh. what do you think you're doing making a pass on my sister like that? All caps. This is the fan fiction I know and love. And Jenny, watch your language or I'm telling mom. Are you still in chapter three? I am. You're in like okay. chapter seven. To the Pratt from his sister, CC Harry Potter mom regarding montage. Dear Ron. I like, this is from Harry to Ginny, talking about mocking Voldemort. He says, I did. Why? What's the worst he can do? Jump up and down, freaking kill him, kill him. <laughs> Next message is from Voldemort to Lucius, and it says, Malfoy, kill him, kill him. <laughs> it just got me thinking of, um, have you seen the Disney version of Robin Hood? And yes. uh, Prince John is walking around, kill him, kill him. Kill him. Yes, you're never around when I need you. <laughs> so it's like... Dying because you know Voldemort has this, it has Nagini. <laughs> Prince John has it. <laughs> I mean, you know, Voldemort riding around with this like pale blue nightgown on. To bother from Lord Voldemort, not Tommy, regarding minions. Are you threatening me, Elvie? To Ginny from Hermione Granger. Ginny, do you mind? That's one of my best friends you're mentally molesting. I feel rightly nauseous. Okay, Mike, did you catch that one? <laughs> I, I thought she was, like, trying to, like, warn... I, I was I was reading it differently. <laughs> I was thinking, like, she's, like, fighting with Ginny over Harry and trying to, like, so mark that's her territory. That's what it's called now. <laughs> Ginny marks her territory. <laughs> I recognize my mistake now. I missed something early on. That's all that happened. Oh, to Harry Potter, from Fred and George Weasley, regarding, what are you doing? She just come into us with an author. If we produce a series of robes that shimmer the following phrase, I think I taught a bad, bad Voldemort. I did, I did. And if we do it at our cost, it will reduce the vengeance we're currently experiencing. <laughs> Harry, that shrinking potion will wear off in a week, right? <laughs> From Harry, excuse me, but it's my innocence you should be worried about. Your sister is a dangerous woman. Please note, she founded a very large, unauthorized fan club. She proposed and found ways and people to prepare a calendar with images from the bloody game against Slytherin. You know, the one I have to practice around naked in? The woman would jump my bones if I were not keeping watch out for my own safety. Somehow, I don't think I'm the predator here. (laughs) <laughs> it's about time somebody said that to Ron. <laughs> I am not your enemy. I love this one. Okay, now, Mike, pay attention. You remember that whole Harry Hermione theme you saw layered through these chapters? Yes. To Hermione Granger Weasley from Harry Potter. <laughs> CC Ginny Weasley regarding those damn pictures. And I love the way it's ended with, I mocked Voldemort, ask me how. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite. Could you imagine if really there was like email and instant messenger and everything in the, in the wizarding world and Harry was like, I defeated Voldemort, huh? And that was his like aim signature. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ginny's to Harry Potter from Ginny Weasley. Have I mentioned? I think I utterly love you. That was sheer genius. As for the photo shoot, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I do appreciate the spells being cast and will respectfully keep my distance. Do you suppose I'd be able to talk to Miss Man? I'd love to learn more about photography without actually touching or looking through her camera, you understand? <laughs> 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 to 
new Harry Potter from Jenny Weasley. Ari, the robes. What? You're going to make him your left hand? <laughs> to Jenny Weasley from Harry Potter. I'm right-handed, Jen. <laughs> Jenny says, oh. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and I'm just dirty-minded enough that I got that. <laughs> now, think of the fact how wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Mike. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I get it. I feel like I'm in the room and my kid's puberty. I love this. And I think of all the fan fictions you've read over the years, okay? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter from Lord Voldemort regarding robes. What will it take to get you to pull these robes off the market, Potter? What is your price? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Where's the one where Spud starts ordering robes? That cracked me up. Towards the end, I think. C-E-W. To Fred and George. Morton. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I, just, I just like his new title, C-E-W, Moldy Mort Incorporated, a new division of Potter Enterprise World Rock. <laughs> <laughs> to Fred and George Weasley from Albus Dumbledore Headmaster regarding Moldemort robes. Mrs. Weasley, could I please request an additional 300 units of your most excellent robes? Please send the invoice to the registrar, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. I will need the robes in the following sizes, blah, blah, blah. Yours. Thank you kindly, Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> to Albus Dumbledore Headmaster from Gretchen Forge regarding Voldemort robes, sir, inasmuch as we would like to take credit for this ingenious idea, I'm afraid they are not of our product line. Our trader soul sister is one of the most unholy and evil alliance <laughs> of the boy who mocked Voldemort. We will, of course, forward your request to the evil duo. Regards, little credit for it to Weasley. To Minerva McGonagall, deputy headmistress from Albus Dumbledore, headmaster. Oh, come on now, my dear McGonagall. What is the absolute worst Voldemort could do? Jump up and down, shrieking, kill them? Kill them? <laughs> Besides, they are a snazzy-looking item. I'm quite taken with the robes. They make a statement about Voldemort that empowers people against him. Albus. To Albus Dumbledore, from Minerva McGonagall. You know, Albus, it's all fun and games until somebody gets the killing curse flung at them. <laughs> to Albus Dumbledore, from Severus Snape. The old boy is definitely off his rocker. He spent most of the meeting jumping up and down and shrieking, Kill them! Kill them! <laughs> <laughs> to Ron Weasley from Harry Potter regarding things. You get, we've talked about this before, I sleep in the bloody same dorm as you. Why are you emailing me about all this? Harry Potter, I'm Mark Voldemort. Ask me how. <laughs> to Mooney from Snuffles, CC Harry Potter, re PMS much. <laughs> Mike, learn from me. Don't comment. Don't comment. I'm not saying a word. There you go. Mike's afraid to talk. Don't taunt the dog, he's not had his shots. To Harry Potter from Lord Voldemort regarding your terms. I hate you, Potter! Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Very true. Is that all ever written emails like that? Like a nasty email? Very truly yours. Wait, Ryan, who do you think's scarier? This Voldemort or your one hour Voldemort? I don't think either of them is particularly scary. <laughs> I love this. There once was a stinker named Voldy. His breath, it smelled kind of moldy. <laughs> he's oh so greedy, he's tried to kill me, but failed because his head is so holy. <laughs> there once was a restored dark wizard whose fondness for others rested only in lizards. He was such a drag that his conquest was bagged, and now he's just stranded out in a lonely blizzard. All right, now picture Molly Weasley from After the End, okay? To Ginny Weasley from your mother regarding Jilly Prophet. Ginny, hi, dear. I hope you're doing well. How are your classes? Things have certainly been busy around here. I scarcely got time to sit down and read the Prophet in the morning over a cuppa. 
Somehow, however, I do find time. In fact, just this morning, I read a fascinating article in the Daily Prophet about the Harry 2003 calendar. It's so nice to see all the serious effort you kids are putting into making this a glassy affair. And I think it's wonderful that Harry's giving all that money to the St. Mungo's Victims Unit. However, the article seems to have made an innocent gaffe. Apparently, you were going to the shoot as Harry's girlfriend. Isn't that funny? Tell me, dear, is there anything you'd like to share with Mummy? <laughs> That is totally after the end, Molly. No, after the end, Molly would have come over and beat her the tail with the prophet. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's true. true. I still haven't read that. It's, you haven't read after the end. Horace no. isn't it, unfortunately. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, I just, I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's probably on her list. It's on, is. It is actually on my list. P.S. is explaining to me that she like schedules everything in her life, so if she could find the time. She- I have to. After the end comes after all the stuff that we already decided we're going to do, and then after discovering Lily. Yeah, I need to finish that. It's on my list. Is <laughs> <laughs> we're having the busiest season ever on the podcast. I know. Yeah. Poor Ron. Is it just me, or is it suspicious that on the day that Harry's doing the photo shoot for Naked Quidditch Calendar, that our little sister has gone missing? Uh, let's think about that, Ron. To Parvati Paddle from Padma Paddle regarding Ginny's quitting. Rumor has it she and Harry were seen snogging on the Quidditch pitch, and that he was dressed for the photos. That might explain her sudden retirement. Yes, your sister. To Colin Creepy from Padma Paddle regarding Ginny. Bad luck, Squirt. Ginny is involved with Harry. I guess this entire upcoming game has made him see her in a new light. Go figure. I thought he was the one I'll expose. I just love the interaction back and forth. I know. To I love Neville the interactions from- between Snuffles and... Why does he suddenly <laughs> include Neville? Who's going to tell her brothers? <laughs> to Neville from Colin regarding Janine and Harry. Who's going to tell her brothers? To Colin from Neville and Trevor. I love Neville and Trevor. <laughs> to their own line. <laughs> tell her brothers what, Nev? Harry and Ginny were getting it on on the Quidditch pitch earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> to Ramus Lupin Snuffles from Harry Potter. Ari, PMS much? Kids, each to your corner. I'm on lunch break, and at the rate you're going, my M mailbox will start sending me howlers. Snuffles, Jenny says that you're an adorable animal when you're clean. Since the last time you had a bath, you were a free man, dot, dot, dot. Ramus, don't taunt the dog. He's not had his shots. Now, if you don't mind, I'm prancing around in little more than a towel. I've just pulled down some food. No pun intended, Ramus. And I'm off to do the dragon shot. Once today's done, I'm going down to Hogsmeade and getting utterly plastered on butterbeers and fire whiskey. Only then do I think I'll be able to blot the memory, <laughs> blot out the memory of this day. How do I get myself in these situations? Harry. <laughs> to Harry from Ginny. Seems a pity, then, you going to your grave for snogging me and never having done the deed. Seems to me if you're going to be accused for something and judged, you should at least have the fun of committing the crime. To Ginny from Harry. You busy tonight? <laughs> to Gryffindor Quidditch team from your captains regarding today's game. Ladies and gents, McGonagall recommends we meet her in her office an hour before game time. She wants to ensure the protection spell right <laughs> and read us a riot act. Well, she and Flitwick will escort us to the lockers safe from the prying eyes of Harry's adoring fans like Flitwick is tall enough. In other news, oh. every bludger will be aimed towards the seeker for his snogging our little sister. Hugs and kisses or slobbers and gropes. Credit for Weasley. <laughs> George Weasley from Ginny Weasley. Oh, and if a single bludger heads Harry's way, as directed by any one of my siblings, I'll make your life a living hell. First, with a conversation with Mum, and then, in usual Weasley style, apparently, the corrective potion for your little problem gave you some big brassy balls. <laughs> Those <laughs> can be removed, surgically. 
ever your loving, vengeful sister. <laughs> That's the only time we're ever going to hear Melinda Leo say big brassy balls. <laughs> balls. <laughs> I, I, I know some members of the forum that are just going to like cut that out and then put it on repeat and like die laughing. I'm putting that in, in the opening credits to the podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't imagine what forum members you're referring to, oh, Chi. I can't either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't either. I don't know any of them, you know. I love Fred and George realizing they've been outsmarted and things are looking grim. <laughs> to Katie Bell from Fred and George Weasley. Regarding, we're sorry. It's all Lee's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. To Fred and like George from Lee. I stood by you. I defended you, supported you, researched potions for you, and took words for you. This is how you repay my loyalty. <laughs> We had a second thought. I wanted to concede the game. <laughs> to Lord Voldemort from Harry Potter. Hey, Tom. Haven't heard from you today. Hope you're keeping okay. How are my Death Eaters? I've got a big match to play today, but I intend to come down with my second command to inspect the troops shortly thereafter. Just to keep you up to date on my modus operandi, I take over the ministry, imprison all opponents. That's you, Tom. Insert my new world order. Please insert the physical exercise regimen for the troops. I'd like to IQ testing done. I need people with quick reflexes and quicker wits. All the others will join you and Azkaban. Hugs and kisses, Harry. <laughs> what chapter? I'm on chapter seven. Is that too far ahead? Probably, yeah. Oh, I am too, Mike. Just getting there. Just a chapter seven. To but- Lucius Malvoy from the Dark Lord of Sith. <laughs> <laughs> it's then, uh, from to Lestrange at Azkaban from Lucius Malfoy regarding Dark Lord of Sith. The See, that was even watching the Star Wars trilogy again. Damn mother. <laughs> it's obviously rattled his brain some more. Now he's the Dark Lord of Sith. If he starts wearing a black shiny mask and breathing heavy, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, the version PS gave me, that was even funnier. Because they had Lestrange's thing like an actual email address. Like Lestrange little pain yeah. circle at Azkaban. To Lord Voldemort from Lucius Malfoy. Master, I have made some inquiries with regards to the legal ramifications. We could put a block on any future merchandise sales, but to do this, you must not kill off the lawyers! Two albums Dumbledore Headmaster from Ginny Weasley regarding Lord Voldemort attachment. Mock ad zip 100k. <laughs> Professor, have we developed and marketed recent inspirational materials? <laughs> Multi Multimort robes and their newest product, Mockeries of a Dark Lord, due for release in hardcover next month. We've received many threats from Lord Voldemort, while hollow in nature. <laughs> and really quite trivial. We do believe a potential retaliation of Moldy with his unhygienic death eaters may disrupt the game. Given the passion we Gryffindors have for our sport and our team, I would like to make a few suggestions. Now, this is Ginny telling Dumbledore how to protect people. I would like to make a few suggestions as to how to prevent Moldy from causing any problems. A. This is about fourth year at this point, right? Exactly. A perfect display of Moldy Mart robes would cause him much anguish and frustration, probably throwing him off his game. B. The attached magical slideshow advertising the upcoming book, Mockeries of a Dark Lord. Lord, will also cause him much emotional grief. See, dragon sweeps. We have three on the premises, so it's like Jimmy's coordinating the dragon defense system. We have three on the premises, complete with trained riders. Sweeps of these creatures will disrupt the magical fields and stability needed for Death Eaters to operate with structure. Oh my god. To Harry Potter from Minerva McGonagall. 
regarding calendars. Calendars. Before you investigate the records of sales, I have purchased one of your calendars for my niece. I don't suppose you would be so courteous as to autograph it, would you? To Minerva McGonagall from Harry Potter. Even though a part of my fragile ego cringes at this entire calendar episode, I would be delighted to autograph your copy. I can have it sent to you with the autograph already on it before delivery begins, sparing you and me the embarrassment of tracking me down to sign it. To whom should it be autographed? I thank you for your I thank you for your consideration. I quite agree that having to get the calendar autographed after delivery would be embarrassing for all parties involved. It should be personalized to Minnie. Minnie references to Minnie as a kitten are all fine. (laughs) Okay, now here's the thing. Picture I'm glad Jen's not here. Okay. After the end, not everyone's cup of tea, well written story, you like it, you dislike it, whatever. Okay, after the end. To Harry Potter from Severus Snape, Potions Master, regarding merchandising. Potter, the Dark Lord is hiring a lawyer to block all sales of your product line. FYI, Professor Snape. <laughs> now, okay, now this is Harry Potter in the Hogwarts years with Voldemort out there, okay? Angst, girls, puberty, <laughs> hormones, you know, weird feelings yeah. when you're sleeping. Okay. To Ginny from <laughs> Harry, CC Severus Snape. Ginny, I've contacted legal. <laughs> they are pretty sure we can counter any mod block Voldemort tries to put into place. They recommend, however, we avoid any physical characterizations of old Tom and ensure that we do not list Lord Voldemort by any name by name in any of our reproductions to ensure consistency. <laughs> <laughs> to Lord Voldemort from Lucius Malfoy. My lord, the courts have rejected your claim that Voldemort robes are a libelous violation of your civil rights. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> Wizard by broadcast of the upcoming Gryffindor Slytherin game has indicated that nearly all spectators are planning to wear the robes in support of their hero Potter. Further, the overhead banner of the announcing booth will have promotional material for the robes alongside the naked Quidditch calendars and a new product that I fear will truly not please you. Something called Mockeries of a Dark Lord. Again, the courts claim that you do not have exclusive rights to the phrase Dark Lord, and it's a vague enough term for any history's predominant dark wizards. And yes, before you ask, I killed the lawyers. <laughs> lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have such a dirty mind. This is my favorite exchange in the seventh chapter. To Jenny Weasley from Harry Potter regarding breakfast. Just heading down to the Great Hall in a moment. You want to join me in a bite? To Harry Potter from Jenny Weasley. I'd like some sausage, yes. I see it. I didn't see it at the time. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I was tempted to go, oh, yes, yes, of course. But if I'm being honest, I didn't see it. He would have seen it, and we're all like, Mike, this is a PG rated story. She just actually wants him so. He can't win with us. I feel bad. All right, now picture Oliver Wood. Oliver is like Percy, but without the problems. You know what I mean? To, Holo- to Harry Potter from Oliver Wood regarding your game today. Good luck today, mate. To perk you up in the supportable event, I was watching the Wizards broadcast, and they cover this section regarding the calendar. I think it's safe to say it's a smashing hit, and the photographer was utterly amazing. Not one commentary is referred to it as anything but artistic, graceful, amazing, awesome, and the true appreciation of fine male physicality. I think you're safe. Strut your stuff, Potter, and make Malfoy look bad. Ollie, naked partner in crime. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> to Harry Potter and Ginny Weasley from Lavender Brown regarding calendar orders. Harry, I was just finalizing all the orders for immediate delivery before I nipped down to Brecky. The charms are all set, owls loaded, and everything is ready to rock and roll like clockwork. As I reviewed the sales list, a couple of alarming purchases left up to grab me. First, Draco bought a copy. If he tries to grab anything on the field, I doubt it'll be the snitch. Well, he didn't do it, Mike. No, Mike, what, sure- Mike, 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 Mike. Draco bought a calendar of naked Harry pictures, and he might grab something on the field. 
And then he does. Think about what they're concerned that he might grab, okay? Okay. I'm I'm missing something. All right. Okay, so Draco in this story obviously enjoys men of the male persuasion, yes? (laughs) And he has just bought Harry Potter porn, yes? Right, that's what I'm saying. He's after Harry. No. Okay. Okay, let's back up here. Okay. If, if he's gay and he's buying Harry Potter porn, does yeah. that mean he has a crush on Harry? Crying? Yes, but he might grab something. <laughs> right, Harry. Ugh, okay, backing up, backing up, backing up. All right, oh, backing please up. grab Harry at the... Uh... Backing up, backing no. up, backing Hold on. Back uh, 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 uh. Okay, backing up. Okay, picture Draco still living at home, okay? All right, and he has a, a huge family, lots of cousins, okay? Okay, I, I see. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think it's straight. Keep going. Maybe I don't see. All right, all right, all right. Anyway. You lots of cousins. I'm sorry, P.S., where were you? <laughs> if he tries to grab anything on the field, I doubt it'll be the snitch. Make sure you're guarding the jewels, Harry, or Jenny will eviscerate Malfoy. <laughs> Lucius Malfoy bought a copy. Clearly the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. You mean lucky? <laughs> The third, Tom Riddle bought a copy. Now, if I were you, I'd be very afraid. Lav. <laughs> to Jenny Weasley from Lavender Brown, you got a girlfriend. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Doesn't Harry send Voldemort a copy? Like, yes. Well, he yes, sends them all copies. <laughs> Dear Tom, please click on the below link to receive your naked Quidditch calendar featuring myself in all my glory. As a special favor to you, I've personalized the copy. Enjoy. Yeah. Now, I, like, see, I love the attachments. See what copy is. It's called Little Wanker. It's Wanker, Little Wanker, and Stupid Little Wanker. To Severus Snape Potion Master from Minerva McGonagall. Severus, we are still on for today's game. I trust your boys and girls are ready for the game and focused on the task at hand. Yours, Minerva. Minerva, are we not taking Innerhouse Rivalry a little far? My team is certainly not ready, as there's something other than the game they want to have in hand. (laughs) (laughs) To Severus Snape. From Minerva McGonagall. Nice implied statement. Very slick. <laughs> Not so bad yourself, Minnie. <laughs> Regardless of how the game turns out, do you want to go to Hogsmeade after and celebrate our survival of this farce? Oh, God. <laughs> Only if you're up to it, old boy. Only if Wait. you're up to it. <laughs> I'm such a 13-year-old. I'm like, she said up. <laughs> <laughs> to Ginny Weasley from Ron Weasley, CC Fred and George Weasley regarding today's game. Ginny, I didn't mention this at breakfast because I didn't want to start a public row. I don't think you should go to the game today. It's going to be quite risque and terribly inappropriate for a young lady like yourself, Ron. To Ron Weasley from Ginny Weasley, CC Fred and George Weasley regarding today's game. At the personal invitation of Harry Potter, I will be at the game. I even have a reserved seat. Given I'm one of the producers, of the naked Quidditch calendar, I don't think there's any more of Harry that I can see while he's riding a broomstick. The only trauma I may experience is seeing my twin brothers out there in their glory. I've got to drop off a package to McGonagall, so I'll ask for her assistance to prevent my not-so-naive eyes from seeing things best left unseen. Then he's like, alright. To Hermione Granger from Ron Reasley, you're not going, right? <laughs> oh, my yeah. favorite, though, was the end of Chapter 7, after the whole thing. To Poppy Pomfrey from Minerva McGonagall. In furtherance to our conversation, I agree that perhaps Ron Weasley is best left sedated until the game is over. His catatonic state of being this morning is not a good indicator that he can watch the game without a complete nervous breakdown. Poor boy, Minnie. <laughs> 
Poor Ron. I just love that she signs it in mini. <laughs> to Draco Malfoy from Daddy regarding today's game. Son, the Dark Lord has snapped. He's completely off his rocker. Looney as they get. Nutters. Just thought I should let you know. He's planning to attack in today's game, and I'm almost certain this will all blow up in our faces. I think it's time for the Malfoy family to switch teams, if you know what I mean. With love, Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> to Minerva oh. McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress, from Alvis Dumbledore, Headmaster. I am to understand by the glazed look in students' eyes that the calendars are issued promptly this morning. I must admire Weasley and bother for their strategy. Attention on the game today will have been lessened by the presence of this calendar. I have heard from Severus today. He feels Harry and his associates have an unfair advantage. It appears a few members of his Quidditch team have also received copies of the calendar and are incredibly distracted. I agreed to speak to you about postponing the game. Your thoughts, Albus. To Albus, Headmaster, from Minerva McGonagall. No way in hell. I want to see my boys at play. Minnie. To Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress from Albus Dumbledore, Headmaster. Minnie, you, gather out. <laughs> <laughs> to Albus Dumbledore from Minerva McGonagall. Oh dear, sorry, backslid there for a moment. It shan't happen again. <laughs> I like how Voldemort starts signing his own message. It's Voldemort, Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> I like Voldemort a lot in this one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I'm sorry, God, next time I think we go up and leave him like in church. <laughs> I'd love to see his input. Oh, God. Did they only sell 98 calendars by the end of the story? But they're putting oh, in another for... I remember the 5,000 that they sell, and they run out of copies, and they issue another 5,000. All my loyal death beaters from Lord Voldemort, we attack as soon as the balls are in the air. To <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Lord and the gang from Vinnie Crab, Master, given the number of balls that will be flying, which specific one has to be in the air before we attack Potter's <laughs> To Fred and George, you can tell I'm like 20 minutes beyond everyone. To Fred and George Weasley from Lee Jordan. Sorry, I'm not available at present to take your message. Today is the long-awaited Gryffindor naked Quidditch match, and as commentator for Quidditch Sports at Hogwarts, I am needed for stadium broadcast setup. Hope to see you at the game. Come on and show your team support. And if you're Fred George Weasley, vengeance is mine! <laughs> to sales at Moldymort from Safe Organization Ministry of Magic. I'd like to order three robes XL size, and could I also request two of the naked Quidditch calendars? <laughs> well, they should be billed to Minister of Magic, Wizard Government Building, London, England. Uh, to Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress from Poppy Pomfrey. The boy has been sedated, poor soul. I'm leaving some words about him now, just as I nip down to the game. He should stay out at least late this afternoon. I do hope your team knows their protective spells. Nasty business, naked Quidditch. Poppy. To Poppy Pomfrey from Minerva McGonagall. And of course, you're only nipping down to the game 45 minutes before it starts for the welfare of the students. <laughs> to Minerva from Poppy. But of course I'm going down to, o to Ogle for the sake of the students. See you in a few. <laughs> <laughs> Crab is a blundering idiot. Now the master is hell-bent on being there to ensure that we chase the right balls. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried everything to stop him. I've begged, I've pleaded, I've groveled, I've even flattered him outrageously. Is there anything you can do, Wormtail? Can't you hex him or something? So very unlucky. <laughs> I like Snape spying in it, too. How Say, Snape keeps reporting in on what Voldemort's Voldemort. doing. But he doesn't, like, tell us anything that Voldemort doesn't admit in emails. It's like, why would you need a spy? You can just email Voldemort. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see before we close off tonight 
Ryan do an impression of this Voldemort with his Sith <laughs> kill. Vengeance is mine! <laughs> well, chapter nine is interesting because it becomes like a regular story. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, I was surprised. And the girls do their striptease. It was funny. Like how I'm like three seconds behind everybody else. <laughs> she was staring at Harry's measurements for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mercado? What? In the what? Gryffindor team. Weasley, Weasley, Bell, Johnson, Spinet. Oh, Mercado. they just made up a keeper. This was, I think, written before Ron became the keeper in, in year five. All right. Yeah. Potter, shoulders back, his body poised proudly on display and looking like a virtual Adonis. <laughs> if all the men in the stadium were gawking at the girls, then every female in the stadium was glued to Potter. Hell, just looking at the Wizarding World's own adolescent hero, Lee had to admit that if it weren't for the fact that he was firmly heterosexual, he would have been tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have Death Eaters in the pitch. Took a moment of squinting, but Lee eventually managed to establish details of what was happening below. Inappropriately, refocused on his priorities. The teams are continuing to play. <laughs> Warrington has the Gwaffle. Swerves to evade Johnson. Ouch. Bell takes possession. Tosses to Spinnet, who ducks under the bludger with a brilliant dive. It was at this point the Death Eaters seemed to figure out what they were doing. Concurrently, Jordan noticed the Moldemore board above the pitch lit up with some new adverts for Potter's latest project. Kill him! Kill him! A black room member jumped up and died darkly. I want Potter dead! Lee grinned. Ladies and gents, what a rare treat. For those of you doubting the return of you-know-who, please take note of the jumping bean lunatic on the field. Truly for the Dark Lord, he was a pathetic sight. All pearly skin, his eyes slits and nose mere slits. The resemblance to something serpentine was profound. The foam at the corners of the mouth, though. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! (laughs) (laughs) Father's apparently lost his mind. Jordan leaned forward, puzzled. The game around them continued with lively distraction on the part of the players as a result of Father's sudden action. And I, Harry, was within a meter of the Dark Lord when his hand lifted off the broom and shot out towards Voldemort. All the spectators, they could see Harry's face, watched him speak a few brief words to the Dark Lord, and then with the sweeping pass, his hand nipped into Voldemort's hood and extracted quickly the golden snitch in his grip. I just love the fact that Rita Skeeter publishes Chapter 10. Yeah, she does that. Yeah. With photos by a kinetic. <laughs> in spite of body conditions of the game today, and a few hiccups that interrupted the play, in quotes, a minor Death Eater attack was circumvented. <laughs> you should not be named this small hysterical tantrum in the middle of the game <laughs> of the stadium pitch. You know what I love? She's supposed to be the, the journalist here. She has a run-on sentence. <laughs> I was channeling Lady Chi for a second. It was driving me nuts. All right, Chi, what your thoughts? I went to the potty and I missed it. (laughs) What are we talking about? I have an opinion. I always have an opinion. Run on sentences. Run on. Oh, she missed it. There's a run on sentence in the middle of chapter 10 in the middle of a journalist's article. Oh, really? It wouldn't surprise me. Most journalists aren't very great writers. (laughs) Thank you, Lady G. And now we've offended every journalist in America as well. Oh, well, my beta reader. It's actually a poke at my beta reader. (laughs) He's a sports writer. Out of Florida. Sorry, it was only funny to me, but it was. You're going to bring him on for your interview, Chi? And get to your fix? He's one of my beta readers. I'm actually going to have one of my other ones on. One of the ones that we haven't offended yet today. (laughs) I can offend her, though, (laughs) if you want. I think I did when I asked if your beta and your dog were the same person. (laughs) (laughs) And she refused to comment. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Sid's cute, but he's not very good with commas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, neither am I. All right, 
last thoughts on Naked Quidditch Man. <laughs> I don't even know what thoughts you can have. It's hilarious. That's all you can say is that it's funny. It's funny. It's, you know what? We covered 10 weeks of Harry Snape adoption. We covered five weeks of, you know, Sirius and Remus finding each other. And over the next four or five weeks, we're covering Harry AU reliving his childhood. We're covering werewolves, many of them covering all of these. We're covering Lady G and boats. We're covering every... I mean, I think you just need a week with Naked Quidditch just to yeah. cleanse the palate. I don't know. You know what I was thinking as I was reading this? Kind of that I could picture something like Naked Quidditch. The Draco Malfoy was fondling Harry? <laughs> I love that you thought Draco was blackmailing Harry. Draco doesn't even appear in the <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. We love you right. dearly. What were you saying? I was making a deeper philosophical point right now. But <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm Actually, three was... drinks into this podcast. I can't be <laughs> philosophical now. <laughs> I, I'm just going <laughs> to email him a letter in the morning. Don't type so loudly. <laughs> I have to go to a fourth grade band concert at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, drink up, Belinda. Drink up. Oh, God. Your head's going to be pounding. I still sing my fourth grade opera. I thought you didn't know what music was. It's not music. It's like what a... How can a fourth graders do opera? <laughs> Mike, would you like to sing for us now? Being that I've never listened to music, you can guess my voice, I think. My ability to carry oh, okay, 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 okay. I'll, I'll spare you that. Right. What I was going to say, actually, was that I can picture us having these sort of discussions, like Nikki Quidditch match going on in Potterfic Weekly with like little emails back and forth and people gossiping like that. Oh, I have those yeah. emails. I'm all saved. I have one from, like I alluded to it earlier, there was one email I had, her appendix almost burst, and she, you know, would, ha- would be on, you know, just pain. Like she was there with me for this. She just had pain yeah. medicine all night. And the thing with Jen is, as soon as you would put her on the pain medicine, she would become just so loopy. But she would want to yeah. type to me all night, and I have emails and emails just from <laughs> from Jen. <laughs> like I've alluded to this. She emailed my girlfriend to explain to her how much she thought shoes were important. It's just like. I treasure these things. They're the funniest email. I've never laughed that hard in my life. And the next day, Jen had no memory of what the conversation... It was so funny. But yeah, it's like half of our lives are misunderstanding and they're, you know... Like, I have an area of the forum just for the hosts and I asked the other three hosts a question and she answered it. So I went up today and I'm like, uh, Meg, Jen, your thoughts? And she's like, what? I don't count her on because she forgot she already answered the question. So she thought I was purposely ignoring her. And she's all defended. I'm like, no, no, I just wanted to know what they thought. All right, that's just fine. I don't have an opinion. I'm like, you already answered the damn question. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's our lives. It's just craziness. Yes, and it's, it know. is crazy. Actually, most of the Naked Quotas match kind of reminds me of the smutty discussion thread in the oh, section. <laughs> TMI. No, can I just tell you, I because we have many younger listeners, I walked into the to, into the restricted section. I never posted in there. Once. And I went in there once, and I posted something, and, like, P.S. attacked me. I think everyone did. I ran for it. Why I haven't are you singling me out? Yes. Was P.S. Did you try to make him be the new stripper? She was. She was trying to, like, get my pilgrim suit off. I ran for it. <laughs> Oh, my God, it was funny in there. But, um, no, it, this just reminds me of so much of our lives. I don't know. Well, what was it today? I reorganized the forum, and I had the Potterfield Weekly mission statement, which I wrote, like, a year ago. <laughs> and I gave it its own thread. And Melinda writes me an email saying, I'm Ryan. You open with the six Harry Potter books. have been. You know there's seven, right? 
I wrote back, the damn thing was dated, and she wrote back a wise remark. I'm like, okay, Melinda, the one who doesn't know the difference between Boggarts and Dementors? <laughs> wait, wait, I wonder if there's no difference between Boggarts and Dementors? No, there was, a, there was a small plot hole in the seven Horcrux. It's a small one. Oh, I like that story, by the way. Thank you. Hold on, Mike, what do you Spice think happened? Hole? What do you think happened to the seven Horcrux? <laughs> Yes, please tell us all. What did you tell us, happened? Mike? You got to tell us what you thought about the boat. It was a little while ago. I confused it in my head with after the end a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> what do you think happened in after the end? <laughs> I tell my part because after the end was the one I didn't like, and Seventh Horcrux was the one I did like. Okay. Did you like Deathly Hallows? Yeah. Okay, good, because it's very similar to the Seventh Horcrux, so that I've been concerned if it. There are lines of. When I got the illegal early book seven, everyone kept telling me, no, it's not really book seven. It's this person's book. Blah, blah, blah. Meet Melinda. But, She's standing over there. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. Melinda's the drunk one in the corner. <laughs> I remember that illegal thing. Oh, yeah. It was just I a mean, little I had snap totally we had to deal with. It was so funny with the legal thing, with the thing with Melinda, because I was about to send her an email about having the seven Horcruxes on Perfect Weekly. I'm like, crap, she's on CNN. I need to send this email fast. Before she becomes uh, famous and forgets all about us. No, before she has 17,000 new emails to read and I never get a response back. <laughs> all right, I think Are you really on CNN? No. Where did I read it, though? Was it... It was on Leaky and it was on Muggle... Did it hit the... Potter, main- it was on Pottercast. Did it hit the mainstream media, Melinda? It wasn't CNN. It wasn't that big. It was another paper... The World Voice Today, I think it's called, that did a review on it as yeah. if it really was <laughs> Deathly Hollows. Yeah. They gave you a very good review. <laughs> yeah, they did. They gave me a really good review. I was so happy. <laughs> Melinda, were you interviewed a few years ago? I asked you this before. Were you interviewed a few years ago, too, before the whole thing happened? I could no. have sworn I read an interview. Oh, I did a movie magazine that came out that did a section on fan fiction. Yeah, you did. Right. You know why? Because I thought it said that you were from a different part of Massachusetts than you were. Because <laughs> then one, one day you, where you told me where you actually lived, I'm like, huh? I thought you were over there. Were I over. read that article, and that's what, like, years ago. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, this is deep. It's like before I knew you. <laughs> and now she's the drunk woman in the corner. Look how times oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, the longer I spend in this forum, the more people I meet that I used to be, like... Oh, about. <laughs> I really don't get that way about anybody anymore. But she, people I used she's to. She's lost that innocent shine the fandom used to. Yeah, I'm jaded. I'm jaded. Oh, it's gee, terrible. Gee, we know. <laughs> even I am becoming jaded. Listen to me a year ago, listen to me today, and now that the background noise is gone, you might even know what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. All right. With that, you mean the interview when we interview... Um, Viridian. Viridian. Viridian, it's yeah. Tarkin. Um, you mean, you, you mean like a really nice guy. He seems like an incredibly nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, well, the only thing is that he has that one pin name at fanfiction.net that I can't pronounce. Satarkin. Star- sounds, yeah, I think whatever. it's like a Vulcan name. He uses like one handle 99% of the time, and the other one he uses in just this one place. And it's the one place I found the story, so I put it up, and everyone's like, who the hell is this? Because I had the wrong name up. Yeah, so next week we are going to start covering Harry Potter and the Nightmare of Futures Past. I am actually ahead. I have read ahead. I know what's going to happen. Uh, wow. Hasn't happened since after the end. I'm surprised. Usually I'm too lazy. To- <laughs> Are you liking it then, Ryan? As of right now, I'm only up to like chapter four, and I have questions because I'm not sure where something's going to go. I'm in the mode now where I'm like, would I have written it this way versus would I have written it that way? But I'm, I need to know a little bit more about where it goes before I can tell you whether I like it or not. I, I'm enjoying the story. 
I, I, I was the same way through the entire story, and I finished it, and I still don't know if I like it or not. We're going to yeah. do it for like three weeks, four weeks, or whatever. I think, you know, five. Are we doing five? Yeah, we're doing five because we're doing the interview. And then we're getting into basically werewolves, so we're going to look back on those days fondly. I'm just, you know, it's actually, um, Anne seems really cool, and I'm at, I, I am really. Wait, how many weeks is Living with Danger going for? I think we're doing four for that one. We're going to do five, four nightmares, then four, and then three for Chi, and then. We don't know what we're doing you after that. You skipped Coven. Coven, we're doing four? We're doing four? Chi, are we doing an interview for Coven? I will need to get in touch with H1Z and find out. Okay. And with that, I think we are about to get, we are dying here, so we're going to get out of here for the night. Thank you, peons everywhere, for stepping in, and we hope to see you back. And next week, we are starting on Harry Potter and the Nightmare of Futures Past. Go to powerfakeweekly.com. There's a link up there for it. And have a great night, everybody. Have a good night. Bye, folks. Night. Bye. Glad the fourth track was broke that day Because you grabbed a guitar And I heard you say That the top of the pops better get ready For the new hit single From the Weasler goes from Hey Ryan, I am about 45 minutes into the season finale And so far I have only one thing to say to you And that is this <clears throat> This story will be rated R for mature themes, some violence, angst, and language at intervals. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are now 18 and will be acting their age. Also, though the authors have done their very best to stay as close to J.K. Rowling's world and canon, they've had to skip ahead three years and create that history for themselves. So if any of those things are going to squick you out, you should probably stop listening now. That said, we welcome you to enjoy this. We sure plan to. Hey, Postflot, it's June, a.k.a. Oh, no, I'm also doing unformed. Never mind, I'm not rallying me anymore. Um... Just wanted to say that I absolutely love Naked Quidditch Match by Anya, I think you say her name. And it's so hilarious. And that's also what made me love This Means War and other sick. But anyway, um, I love the ML idea. And I love the whole mocking Voldemort thing. And I think that's a really creative idea, And even though there's not much of a plot. And I'm rambling. So... <laughs> Bye, everyone, and I can't wait to hear this episode. Tackle those couches. Love me. And now, a word from our peons. One, two, three, click. I was listening to what it took to get the DVD sync to watch the first movie, and I'm like, these people can't <laughs> organize anything. <laughs> and then we just had the same issue, so yeah, I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> and we should tell them who we are. Okay, that makes Because otherwise they'd be going, who are you? That's right. <laughs> I'm just assuming because I know who I am. And, and I know who, who you I are. <laughs> I don't think you're a peon anymore. I'm the head cheese. No. <laughs> well, I finished no, updating no. the stupid library. <laughs> you're the librarian. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I'm feeling very small because you're an MLE and PS is the librarian and she's an MLE. Yeah. And I can edit within Peoncast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gen 2. Somehow I'm Oh, what is that? <laughs> we have to do that again. Hello, I'm Jen too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going next, me? <laughs> you went next the last time. I know, and then I just got stage fright. <laughs> then I'll go next. I'll go last.
Jen, you have to say it again. <laughs> I'm Jen too. I'm P.S. And I'm Keza. And we're a peon cast. serious we take this incidentally speaking of serious <laughs> we take this seriously and we're doing a fic about serious we are we are what's it called <laughs> it's called 17 minutes till midnight in casablanca by laura Lawrence. first off we should warn people this is rated r for language and some adult situations there's some alcohol if you're a teenager and you're gonna read this fic and you shouldn't be reading about these things then i suggest you not read the story that's good advice yeah i never saw sirius as an important character until well after and i think i've more explored sirius through fan fiction than the actual book they don't give you a lot in canon jen give a what's the word i'm looking for a synopsis Synopsis is a good word. Synopsis. Synopsis. This would be Christmas before Sirius dies. He is New Year's. New Year's. New Year's. Eve. New Year's Eve. I'm sorry. Well, I guess I got confused because he talks about Christmas at the beginning. New Year's Eve before Sirius dies. He is sitting in his kitchen drinking and waxing philosophical about his life. And he has a very intriguing conversation with Jenny. They see each other for who they really are, I think. I really liked it because I'd never read a story that had interaction between Sirius and Jenny before. And so I thought it was really interesting because I think the two of them would really get along and have compatible personalities. So I'm surprised that I hadn't read a story about that. Yeah, that, that was the first thing that I got from it too when I read it because I read it uh, last year sometime. It was the first one that I read where Ginny and Sirius were talking. Well and another thing that I thought was very interesting was the correlation that the author brought between Sirius and his time in Azkaban and how that affected him emotionally and what Jenny went through in the chamber and the year that she was possessed. Mm-hmm. It seems that you know they they understand each other a lot while they're sitting there. I was thinking how it also explains why Ginny is like more mature than for her years while he's like less mature so they they actually meet because later on in the fic they connect and that's why because their experiences Mm -hmm. have brought them to the same level even though they're such different ages Mm -hmm. i never thought about it that way before so that's that's kind of an interesting perspective and i like the whole section of how he um struggles with himself about whether he (laughs) he should think she's pretty yeah whether he's yeah Got a pedophilia problem. Why Harry hasn't noticed her. And Do you think he's thinking he would notice her if he was Harry? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. I think he just can't figure out why. Why Harry hasn't noticed her. Right. But he thinks Harry will notice her. That's something I've always wondered because in a lot of fics that explore Sirius, they talk about that Harry will notice Ginny and all that sort of stuff. And I always wonder, does that come from canon or is that just a, a fanfic thing that's... I don't think it comes from canon, if only because the fact that Harry and Ginny would be romantically involved caught me completely off guard in Half-Blood Prince. Because one of the things that actually quite annoys me, uh, and I don't know, maybe it's canon, that whole line about Potters and Redheads, and I'm like, does that come from canon or is that just something that's grown out of fan fiction? 
definitely grown out of fan fiction. Yeah, I think somebody just noticed one day, hey, James and Lily were, and ooh, Harry and Jenny. Near the end, when she kisses him, he says, all I can think is that Harry's a goner. But this fic doesn't say that he's going to be a goner because Ginny looks like Lily and Potter's on redheads and all that. So I like that he's saying Harry's going to be a goner on Ginny's own merits because she mm-hmm. is the person that she is, that anyone right. would find her attractive in that, not just because she's a redhead and it's like fated in the stars and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It gives I Ginny agree. more... um whatever <laughs> character yeah. character depth because yeah. i think yeah. that's the reason why i don't like the ship is because it seems like jenny really has no character beyond being the love interest yeah but this bit gives her I, some character right so that that's why i liked it when i don't normally like this ship because too many people fall into that thing where they're meant to be together and it's because you know, she looks like his mom and, and all that. And it just devalues Ginny as a character. It devalues her a as a person. And so I like the fix like this that explore her and give her a character because a lot of people manage to not give her any depth. Well, see, even he says, I, I found it right here. It says, I'd rather like to wring his neck right now for putting that look on her face. I don't know, but I've got this feeling. Call it a hunch. But something tells me this gorgeous baby in red sitting next to me could wind up saving that kid somehow. And if he doesn't hurry up and pull his self-absorbed head out of his horse. And then he says just a little bit later, he says, Oh, but this time she's really smiling and how I wish she'd do that more often. It's enough to make a wretch like me curl my hair and do a jig. (laughs) Yeah, and that gives her value as a person and as a character of herself. Right. And and not just as, you know... a, a trophy for Harry to win at the end of it all. Well, and, and another thing that I liked about the Jenny character in this is that she has enough chutzpah to sit down there with, with Sirius and ask him for a drink. I like that, too. Like, I really liked her. Well, and then he explains to her that it's midnight in Casablanca. And then she totally gets where he's at and then gives him, you know, the New Year's kiss, which is, which is so mature. <laughs> I just realized why I like this story so much. It's a glimpse at Sirius that you don't get. In the book, you see like how he is around Harry and how he's almost seeing Harry as James. So it's really more of a young-seeming Sirius because he's having fun with Harry. I think it fits in with that Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he was all cheerful and singing because Harry was around and they were having a family Christmas. And, and creepy premonition aside, New Year's in Casablanca is better and sweeter than Christmas in heaven. Yeah. You know, I never really liked Sirius till after he died. <laughs> I wasn't interested in him until he was dead. <laughs> I remember when Order of the Phoenix came out. All these people that I knew on the web like, were in floods of tears because he died. And I didn't know who it was and I didn't particularly care at the time. <laughs> and so then I got to it and I read the book and I'm sitting there going, huh. Why did they all care so much that Sirius died? Because I'd read them all in a week and I hadn't been investing years into thinking about it and rereading it and stuff. I know what you mean because I've had other experiences like that where I've read the whole series really close together so I wasn't sad when deaths happened. This may sound kind of crazy, but I think shipping Remus Sirius has made me care about each of them individually. (laughs) After I started shipping it, then I became more interested in each of them. I don't think that I found Sirius as an, an important character or anyone sort of meaningful 
until probably Deathly Hallows, actually. Then he took on a whole new meaning because it's then I started to realize that Harry had missed all his father figures. I know I'm slow. <laughs> it took me that long to, to get it. <laughs> but that's when I started really thinking, well, you know, Sirius died and left him and dad already left him and his uncle Vern wasn't a good dad. And I think it was actually after Deathly Hallows and I was thinking about Harry's bad luck with father figures. And that's when Sirius took on more meaning for me. And then that whole crazy scene in the Department of Mysteries. And when that happened, oh, that was horrible for me. That whole ripping scene of, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> that's the thing that's what I'm saying. When I reread, and especially in Deathly Hallows, I, I kind of go, oh, serious. And I get sad. But on the other hand, it wasn't just Harry. It was for Sirius, too, because for him it was like another chance. Yeah, and he never really got it, did he? No. And I think it, this this one shot here, when he's talking about that premonition and everything, you sort of get that eerie sense that he knows he's not going to actually get that chance. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's got and, that premonition. Yeah, well, and he even says it up in the in the middle of the story. He did, if he doesn't hurry up and pull himself together, she could save him somehow. And it's like he feels like he doesn't even, you know, he knows he's not going to find out what yeah, happens in the end. It's a sense of despair in this fic, I think, with Sirius. Because he thinks about his past and how much he missed out with his family. And then he sort of has this premonition that he's going to miss it all with Harry as well. He sort of hands it over to Ginny at that point. And so as happy as he is, at that time to have Harry around and everything, I think he's come to the conclusion that he's going to miss it. And that gives another depth to why he went to the Department of Mysteries. Yeah. Because he he had nothing left to lose. He was going to go down fighting because he didn't feel like he was going to come out the end of it anyway. Right. Like he sort of might have given like kind up. Of a, he knows he's in a situation that he can't get out of. Well, and I think he, so, yeah. he felt like he passed the torch a little bit. Yeah, passed the torch and then just went for it, did what he had to. I think that fan fiction gives us a lot more about Sirius and ways of looking at his character. Because he gets so little, you, you know, you don't get his motivations in canon. Because from Harry's point of view, Sirius just does everything for Harry. But you don't get what leads Sirius to make the decisions that he makes about things. I guess now that I'm a parent, I understand Sirius a little more. Yeah? How? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's being a little older, wanting to protect somebody and feeling like you're obligated. I view him differently now as a parent than I did before. Yeah, I didn't read them before I was a parent, so I don't have a I did, but I'm not a parent yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you are the Check only one who understands the concept. Uh, Check back in a few years and maybe I'll get what you're talking about. Well, well, be- well, before he was just, you know, somebody that came along to take care of Harry and, and now he's somebody that had a deep sense of obligation to his best friends to take care of him and then he didn't fulfill it. I think he did, in a way. Well, he didn't fulfill the obligation to take take care of him as a child but it's that stepping in front of a bus moment yeah but he did that he had a lot of you know he did the big stuff he had a lot of guilt about it i think he he carried a lot of guilt about it maybe we should say what fic we're doing next week so maybe people can read it Ooh, that's a good idea what are we doing next week it's the da drabble series we'll put a link if you're listening to this episode there should be a link on the forum read it or be square or you won't know what we're talking about no you have no idea This is Gen 2. P.S. Keza. <laughs> Losing and, it. <laughs> and, and this has been Peoncast. Be the music. <laughs> Good, Good night. Good night. <laughs> Good night. So long. Farewell. Alvider saying goodnight. Goodbye. That was on the podcast of Doom. <laughs> <laughs>